When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. The NFL weekend comes to a sensational finish last night, or at least a thrilling one. Sensational is depending on your perspective, and I'll give you one hint. Hembo is home throwing up after watching the Eagles. That's where we start. Here we go! Only one place to start. He's got both feet in, and that's going to be the ball game. And this is a bitter defeat. Eagles started out well. Once again, the defense let them down. The defense gave up too many big plays. We have to have the right answers as coaches to put the guys in position to succeed. The Eagles had an opportunity last night to go on the road and earn a big win. And big comes in a lot of different sizes and shapes. It would have been a big win because that team coming off their back-to-back losses with a tough Monday night road trip against a desperate team, finding a way to win, I feel like, would have changed a lot of things, certainly externally and maybe internally as well. Instead, they allow a 92-yard game-winning drive to Drew Locke at the very end and lose 20-17. to Dan Graziano, good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. I think it's interesting, Dan, that I think that sometimes our pre- uh, conceived notions, or we are predisposed to think certain things. So even in the in the clip that we just played from you or for you there, where we heard one of the Eagles local announcers saying, "Once again, the defense gives up too much." Well, you know what? The offense only scored 17 points last night. The offense hasn't scored 20 points in any of the games of their current three-game losing streak. I feel like there's a lot of attention on the Eagles' defense, and look, they did give up a 92-yard drive at the end. Yeah. But not a whole lot of attention on the offense, in which, among other things, Jalen Hurts now shares the NFL lead in turnovers this season. Everything is going sideways for Philly. And I think what you see, what you hear there in that perspective from the local broadcast is, you know, the offense has shown something this year. There have been times this year where the Eagles offense looked fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, as recently as the, as the game against the Bills a few weeks ago, which was mm-hmm. a shootout game because the defense couldn't stop Josh Allen. So I think even when they were 10-1, and 1, there were concerns in that city about the defense and is it good enough to hold up. And now that they're losing, I think it's very easy to go there uh, and put that blame there. Plus, think about this. The team did it. Right, the team made a switch. They, yeah. they they changed responsibilities on the defensive coaching staff. Took play calling away from Sean Desai, gave it to Matt Patricia. So the Eagles are telling you that they don't like the way things are going on defense as well. So I think that gives everybody license uh, to jump on that. But your point is well taken. Jalen Hurts is not having the year he had last year. The Eagles' offense is not having the year it had last year. And in the off season, one of the things we talked about in terms of concerns for the Eagles was what effect will the change at offensive and defensive coordinator have? Because both those guys from last year got head coach jobs, and it seems like there have been issues adjusting. It's worth pointing out, and I want to bring Cam into this as well because he will represent the Philly fan base here. For all of the criticism we can lay at the feet of the defense, they did play better last night. They, they allowed did. fewer than 300 total yards. Drew Locke had... 
just over 200 yards before that game-winning drive at the end, and that was a, obviously a big one. I understand that you need the one stop at the end, and if you don't make it, then it undoes everything you did. But I don't think you look at last night's game, Cam, and you say the defense is the reason that they lost in Seattle. They were playing against a backup quarterback and all that, and their defense held them down. They only scored 17 right. points. To me, that was the bigger problem. Cam, you're the fan. You're watching them snap in, snap out. What was your reaction? Yeah, I feel the same way that you do, and I'm, I was surprised to hear Merrill Reese lay it at the feet of the defense. Obviously, that's the lasting image that we saw was a 92-yard drive. The Eagles kind of held DK Metcalf in check until that final drive, so I don't think this was solely on the defense. Bad drive at the end, but the Eagles' offensive play calling, as I've been saying all year, even in these shootout games, has been questionable, and then you get to this game, the Eagles are up four on the Seattle 45 in a first down, and they throw a deep shot to Quez Watkins when they could probably run like five minutes off the clock, kick a field goal, and go up seven. Seattle doesn't score. They get the ball back. Third down in Seattle territory. They do a Jalen Hurts rollout rather than run some time off the clock. Seattle gets the ball back, scores, and then even on the last drive, they only needed a couple yards for a long Jake Elliott field goal to tie it, and they throw another deep shot. Just some of the clutch time decision-making by the offense doesn't make a lot of sense. I laid this at the feet of Jalen Hurts and Brian Johnson and not the defense, even though they gave up the drive at the end. I'm sort of on that side as well. At the end of the day, I made a statement on Get Up This Morning, Graz, that I know is going to make a lot of people mad. The man who usually sits in the seat you're sitting in now, which is Paul Hembo Hembikitis, mm-hmm. would have loved me for it. But the reality is, your one loss record in the NFL is not necessarily the best indicator of how good your team is. It is... You are what your record says you are. That's what Parcells said. And on some level, that obviously is true. They don't decide who gets into the playoffs based on your point differential. But point differential usually is a much better indicator of how good you are. The Eagles... Plus minus on the season is plus 18, even though they're 10 and 4. The truth is they have been winning by the skin of their teeth all Mm -hmm. year long. And at the end of the day, you can't count on that. The law of averages suggests that ball is going to bounce in the opposite direction a few times. Yeah, point differential, a predictive stat, right? Like, So go back to last year, the Minnesota Vikings win 11 games. Uh, by one, you know, 11 one-score games. They get into the playoffs. I believe over the course of the season, they actually gave up more points than they scored. Yep. Uh, and in the playoffs, they get destroyed by the Giants. So, you, you know, you could look at it and say, well, th- we saw this coming. They weren't as good as their record indicates. And, and you can point to the Eagles' current three-game losing streak as evidence of the same. So, yes, I think, you know, we heard, obviously, Rex Ryan a few weeks ago on, on Get Up talk about uh, they're not they're not dominating teams, right? And, and that's a he tough said way. they're winning by decision, yeah. not by knockout. They're, t- they're that's a tough way to live, and uh, eventually it can catch up with you. Seattle played a really good game last night. They put themselves in position to win, and then they made the plays to win. They needed the game. They were playing at home, and I think you know you give them credit. You don't just say, "Oh, the Eagles should have won that game." They didn't, you know, bad on them. But I do think that that what we're seeing here is an Eagles team that coasted through the season last year. Things came easily to them, and you know they got to the Super Bowl, and 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 were in position to win that too. Uh, but I, I think this is a very different team. We're inclined when the season starts to give them the benefit of the doubt because they look like last year's team, and we know what they're capable of, and we like the quarterback and we like the coach. But obviously, over the course of four months, it's borne out that this is a very different team, and we'll see whether they're good enough to uh, to make any noise in the playoffs this year. Greeny, Graz, and the hashtag crew. Now, here's what I want to ask you about next. So the Eagles still control their fate in the NFC East. You may be 
looking at the standings right now and saying, no, Greeny, you're wrong. The Cowboys are in first place in the NFC yeah. East, which is correct, but they actually don't control their destiny. The Cowboys are in first place right now because they have a better divisional record, which is to say they've played more of their divisional yeah. games and neither of them has lost one except for the one they lost to each other. Once the season ends, assuming that both teams win out from here, then they will have the same divisional record. It's going to go down to like the sixth tiebreaker, but the overwhelming likelihood is that the Eagles will win the division. So that's where we stand with regard to that, which means the one man standing between Philadelphia and the NFC East is Tommy DeVito, (laughs) the much-discussed, much-beloved young quarterback who has become a just an incredible story right. in the NFL and certainly in this area. But you were telling me something in the break right before we came on here that I found oh. fascinating, and I have not seen the story, yeah. so I'll ask you to just read it. This is not, we're not making a value judgment. You're just reading a story directly off the wire. Yeah, this is I mean, there's a New Jersey pizzeria that, that is posting on social media claiming that it had an agreement for Tommy DeVito to appear there uh, and that they were going to pay him $10,000, but that... DeVito and his agent raised the price to 20000 after the win last week against Green Bay, and the pizzeria decided they couldn't afford that. So they post this social media post just sort of excoriating the agent, and it ends with, uh, P.S., sorry about that loss today, Giants fans, but we're Italian too and don't like when someone says one thing and does another. So a little bit of a, what With a picture it? of Eli, did you uh, tell uh, me? Eli was there a couple years ago, so they posted that, said we want to remember happier times. Yeah. So they really went after him. Look, I mean, yeah, feel-good story uh, with DeVito and the agent and everything. Obviously, you know, they're trying to maximize 15 minutes or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that, uh, that backfired a little. So what, what, I, what I, I, I wanted you to mention that here. I, I don't know anything about it, and, and I'm not making a value judgment on Tommy DeVito one way or the other. What I am saying is, like, fame is dangerous, right? <laughs> like, be careful what you Can wish be. for. You want to become the talk of the town? You want everyone? Well, they're going to talk about literally every little mm-hmm. move you make. And when all of a sudden, you know, the agent, who was someone that not too many people knew, right. becomes an overnight sensation on Monday Night Football, and the whole world is talking about him, and is on, you know, the way he looks different than most agents do and all the rest of that. Well, all of a sudden, they're going to pay attention to everything. They're going to scrutinize literally everything you do. So this is... When you say this is the business we have chosen, yeah. this is the business this we have chosen. Uh, the, the old expression, it's life in the big city. It is. Right? And so, yeah, I mean, look, the, it's interesting. Get back to, like, the Eagles, right? That They have to play the Giants twice and the Cardinals once. The Cowboys swept the Giants uh, and lost to the Cardinals. Correct. Right? So, so uh, interesting. You say the one man standing between the Eagles and the titles, DeVito. Kyler Murray may have something to say about it as well. Um, I'm, I'm just, I can't. Something always happens in the NFC East. I know I bang this drum all the time, but weird things happen. I hear you. And it's been 19 years since anybody repeated his champs. I am not going to be shocked if we're sitting here next week talking about, well, how did Dallas beat the Dolphins and how did the Eagles lose to the Giants? I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Dallas still wins this division. I don't either, but the Cowboys have tough games coming they up. Do, it's not but just they're good. that one. They're good. Yeah. I mean, but, they could win those games. Yeah, they could. Of course they could. And, and, and the Cowboys, I think, have a fatal flaw. So uh, this morning I did, and I'll, 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 I'll sort of reprise it here on the radio in a little while as a green list, um, the top five contenders I have to the 49ers. To me, the NFL playoffs this year are the San Francisco Invitational. They are definitively the best team. So I put together my list of the five teams I could see having the best chance of beating them. 
And I did not have Dallas or Philadelphia on the list. And I know people are going to make fun of me because I get it. You know, one of them is going to be the two seed in the NFC. But what I'm saying is I don't seek the Cowboys. If they play the 49ers again, I don't care where that game is played. After what I saw Buffalo do to them the other day, that's exactly what the 49ers do, only they do it better. They're going to get bludgeoned. You cannot be a team that gets bludgeoned and play with the 49ers. I have no issue with you leaving Dallas and Philly off uh, the list because the games that they played against San Francisco this year kind of left no doubt. Yep. Right? I mean, they weren't weren't in the same class. So I'll I'll give Dallas credit for this. Uh, They have shown to be... uh, They've shown to be a little bit adaptable, right? I mean, like we talked, the starting the year, they had one plan for the offense. They changed it, not only because it wasn't necessarily working, but also because they identified what they were doing well and decided to lean into that. So I think they have the ability, and that coaching staff has the ability to kind of look at Buffalo, the Buffalo game and go, all right, what happened here, right? Now, your point may be that they're not physical enough, and there's no amount of scheme adjustment that can account for that, and that may be true. But I do think you'll see a different kind of Dallas team in Miami than you saw in Buffalo this past week. I just think they've shown uh, at, in the leadership positions this year that they have the ability to identify their mistakes and address them. So I'm not writing them off just yet. And one last thing that came up today on Get Up, you know, we, we did a, a segment here on this show yesterday as well about coaches on the hot seat. And, and I always say I don't celebrate anyone losing their jobs, but it is part of the business. It is part of what they have chosen to do. Every one of these guys gets hired to someday get fired. Uh, just look at Bill Belichick. He's the most successful coach of all time. And now here we are speculating about his job tenure. So th- that's the reality of it. You said that you think Robert Sala is on a hotter seat than most people believe. Talk to me about that. I think there's been a sense that like everyone gets a mulligan because the quarterback got hurt on the fourth play of the game or of the season, uh, and and they didn't have you know they they fell apart as a result. I'm just not sure that's true. I mean, there are three more games left in the season. Uh, a week ago, there were four, and the first of those four went extremely poorly for that's the right. Jets. They looked yeah. unprepared for it, and if, if they continue to look like that and they continue to lose like that, then I think. You have enough data points at the end of the season to go back and say, well, yeah, we lost our quarterback in in week one, but there were other things we could have done. Look at the Cleveland Browns, who are on their fourth quarterback of the year and have lost half their offensive line, and they're in playoff position. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals, who lost one of the best quarterbacks in a whole league and are now winning games with Jake Browning. You see it being done around the league. Uh, And if you're the Jets and your Jets ownership, I think you have the right to ask the question, why why weren't we better prepared? Why weren't we able to react better the way some of these teams do when they, when they suffer key losses? And if you don't get the answers you want, I think you're within your rights to, to examine the long-term uh, job status. The other thing, that, the technical point I made on GetUp, like if Salah's got a year left on his contract after this, then you realistically, you have to make a decision not just between keeping him or getting rid of him, but between extending him or getting rid of him. And if you don't feel comfortable extending him, um, then, you know, that, that other choice becomes much more realistic and much more palatable. I, I think that the Nathaniel Hackett factor in this is enormous. I've been saying this for yeah. a week and a half now. I, I, I think if but Aaron some- Rodgers stands between, if he is, is as loyal to Nathaniel Hackett yeah. as I think he's going to be, then I think Woody Johnson ha- faces a decision of keeping Rodgers or not. I think that's a very interesting thing because a lot of this is on Hackett too, right? The offense is his responsibility and it has been terrible. So 
I think you say, like, if you get to this point where if you're Woody Johnson and he wants to move on, and again, we're, it's a hypothetical, we don't know what he's going to do. If you get to that point, I think you have to sit with Aaron Rodgers and say, look, I mean, this is how I feel. This is what we saw this year. If you're not okay with it, I need to know, and I need to know what that means for you. Do you think Aaron Rodgers w- would retire after a year in which he got hurt in the first game just to, just to protect the job status of Nathaniel Hackett, I find that far-fetched. No, but you and I have both seen and discussed at length what a cranky Aaron Rodgers is yes. versus the incredibly all-in, committed, happy right. Aaron no, Rodgers that the Jets looked like they were, or that they were getting until yeah. he went down on the fourth place. So th- that's a whole different situation. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Danny, thank you. Outstanding as always. We'll see you Friday. Jay Will is here. He jumps in next on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Working our way towards Christmas. I, I don't know if it's just me. As Jay Will jumps in with us here, our buddy Jay Williams is here and the assembled members of the hashtag crew, Hembo homesick after watching his Eagles last night, but we got Cam and Bubba. Did it come faster to this year? Like, did this sneak up on you to the degree that it snuck up on? The fact that today is December 19th, Christmas is Monday, 
Does it feel like it happened faster this year than it usually does, or it, is it just me? It just doesn't feel like the holiday. I mean, 50 degrees yesterday in New York. I'm is walking, that what it is? I'm is walking around with a sweat. I mean, look, I'm, I'm wearing this outside. Yeah. I'm not bundled up. No, I, don't, I, I don't feel cold. I don't want to go to Rockefeller Plaza and, like, watch the Christmas tree. It doesn't feel like Christmas at all. Is that, is that – I can't – I don't know if it's the weather – I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I feel like Thanksgiving was 10 minutes ago. I feel like Halloween was 15 minutes ago. I feel like Labor Day was 20 minutes ago. This fall flew by for me. That's why I'm asking, does it feel that way to everybody or is it just me? I mean, it feels like Christmas time for my kids with all the toys they keep telling me they want. I'll tell you that. How old are your kids now? Uh, So I'm in the... I'm in the trenches right now. I need your help with this, okay? Mm-hmm. Because my kids are just menaces. I can't put them down at night. We're five, two and a half, and one. Somebody's always screaming bloody murder. Somebody's always, nobody's sleeping, and everybody's yelling all the time. So I'm going to be very clear with you. Right? Okay. You will understand. You will appreciate this having played basketball all of your life. The problem with having a third child is that you can no longer play man. You can't play man to man no matter what you do. You're always in zone. So if, 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 when you have one kid, then you can double team. Now you're in great shape, right? I mean, you got one person who's got the, the co- coverage right up on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and then you got the safety over the top at all times. So that's easy as pie. Now <laughs> you go to the second kid, and now that's a pretty easy scenario as well because you can still play a zone when you want to, you know, mm-hmm. a little cover too. Yep. You got that side, I got this side, but you also can go man every now and again if you want. Oh, I'm going to take him to shopping with me, and you're going to go there to play, you know, baseball on the street, whatever the case may be. Once you go to a third one, your life now is in a zone coverage. There's nothing you can do about it. That that third one is going to be the one that there are going to be many nights you think to yourself, you know, I may have bitten off a little more than I could chew here. Many nights? It's almost every night. Almost yeah. every night. Yeah. Sorry to my little daughter, but I, I've never been a subscriber to the Jim Beheim. you love her less. It's yeah. just a lot. Yeah. Does it? Does what it? subscriber? <laughs> what's it? Subscriber to the Jim Beheim defense scheme. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not who I am. I'm more of a Coach K Full court press, 94 feet. Man you want to be banging yeah. the ground, right? Like, you know, stepping up in somebody's yeah, face. slapping the floor. The ground. Or at least looking like I'm slapping the floor while I'm really leaking out for a dunk to right. an easy layup. Yes. One or the other of those. No, it's challenging. Here's how I described it. Along, again, I only have the two. Having one child is like having a hurricane blow through your life, right? Which is, which is to say that at some point you pick up all the furniture and get it back where it belongs. You figure and, it out. And everything is kind of normal-ish. Yes. The second one is like having a nuclear explosion go off in oh. your life. So Things similar will to, never be the same again. Similar to when Matt Patricia comes through your defense. <laughs> no? Okay, no. This Too is, soon? So this is where we're going here. So, Matt Pat- <laughs> see, you've fallen into the trap. You have fallen into the trap. What? I said earlier today. Everyone is blaming the Eagles' defense for everything. They've lost three straight games. In those games, they've scored 17, 13, and 19 points. Last night, they held Seattle to less than 300 yards. They give up one drive at the end of the game, and everyone is saying the Eagles' defense cost them this game. In the meantime, Jalen Hurts has turned the ball over as many times this year as any player in the entire National Football League. The offense is what is letting down the Eagles right now, at least as much as their defense. Look, at the end of the day, they had 
had two elite coordinators last year. So elite that they're now both NFL head coaches, Got right? It. Jonathan Gannon in Arizona Shane and, and uh, Shane Steichen in Indianapolis. That's a loss. There is a reason that teams don't go to the Super Bowl back-to-back years very often and that the team that loses the Super Bowl almost never gets back there are re- because it is hard to do, and they oh. are experiencing a lot of that right now. It doesn't mean they aren't a really good team, but they're not – I don't think they're one of the two or three biggest threats in, in the NFL right now. I don't even think they're that close. No, I, I, I would agree with you. I, I, look, the, the margins are so slim in order to win a, a Super Bowl or a championship, and there's a lot of luck that goes into that as well, Green. as much as we want to act like that's not the case, that is the case. But all I'm saying is if your defense is that, sometimes your defense needs to win you games down the stretch, the entire game. Sometimes, same with Dak. You know, like I heard a lot of people the other day talking about, well, you know, that loss isn't on Dak. That's more on the defense. That's an issue with Dan Quinn. Sometimes your quarterback's not going to have it. Right. Sometimes your defense needs to carry it from the beginning all the way to the end. And that's, that's their job, too. So let's just not put – we still have to put onus on that. I hear you. But, I mean, the Cowboys, what, they gave up 40 oh, points that, it the was other ridiculous day, the right? Day, so yes. that was their defense. Agreed. They got, run, they got the ball run down their throats. That's what I'm saying. The Eagle defense didn't play that bad of a game. Last night, they really didn't. Yes, you need the one stop at the end, and they give up a 92-yard drive. I totally get it, and that's what people are going to remember. See, but at the end of the day, that is, it certainly isn't the only reason they lost the game. So as a player, I don't live in the totality, okay? So I, I get it when you say to me, you look me in the eyes, and you say, well, the Eagles didn't play a really bad game. It was the one play. Well, that's a bad game in right. my world because mm. you have to compete from the beginning to the end, and the way I compete in the last – minute and a half of a game tells me as much as it does about the last 29 or 30 minutes of a game. So it's in its totality, especially when you have a chance to conclude a win with a stop. That is a loss to me. So that isn't. And I I get it. We can sit back and say, well, you know, he could be a lot better. The quarterback and Jalen's going to be a lot better moving forward. But that's still in the defense as well. Greeny with you. Jay Will in our studio. We're live from the Seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. You sat down there and you said to me, I got stories for you. Oh, yeah. I got a ton of basketball for you. Go open it. Where do you want to start? So I got into an argument. I had to go down to Auburn, Alabama, see our good friend Bruce Pearl, who worked here at ESPN. And I got a chance to call USC at Auburn. They have a kid, Isaiah Collier, uh, who's going to be potentially the first pick in the draft, NBA draft, coming up in 2024, and Bronny James for his second game back, the son of LeBron James, obviously, going against Auburn. And all of a sudden at the game, Uncle Charles comes on the set with us, and we hang out for a while. And we get into a conversation about the good old Lakers. And I have to say, I was a little bit in between about this whole banner thing. And when I tell you, he leaned into them. And he said, you know what? If you're the Indiana Pacers, you can put up a banner. Fine. You haven't won anything for the longest time, right? Maybe in the history of the franchise. But if you're the Lakers, if you're the Celtics, if you're, the, you know, if you're one of these top-tier teams that has won world championships, it's lame to put up a banner for an in-season tournament. I don't care if it's the first inaugural in-season tournament. I don't care if it's something new exploratory the league is trying to do. You only measure yourself by world championships. So I don't want to hear any excuses about this in-season tournament, which, Greeny, I was a little bit more on the side of, hey, it's the first time it's ever been done in NBA history. It's something that they won. But he just completely dispelled that notion and kind of put me to shame. And I have to say, after hearing the argument – I'm leaning towards Uncle Chuck's side. I disagree, and I will tell you why. Because the NBA wants the in-season tournament to matter. They want it to mean something. No one is suggesting it means as much as the NBA championship. 
No one is suggesting that the Lakers now are one up or one further up on the Celtics because they have won another. This is not the same kind of title that those two teams are constantly competing for. But you cannot have the in-season tournament come and go, and then when it ends, act like it never happened at all. If you want the fans to care about it, which I think they did, the NBA did a really good job with this thing. And the primary way that they got to where they got was the buy-in of the players. Hmm. You and I watched it. We talked about it while it was happening. The players acted like it mattered. So if you're going to ask the players to believe it matters, if you're going to ask the fans to act like it matters, then you cannot, once it's over, say, okay, that was fun. Now we're going back to what we were doing and let's pretend that never actually happened. You have to in some way commemorate and make it matter that this won. Again, I'm not... No one is comparing the importance of it with that of the championship banner that will be held that will be hung in June. But I think commemorating this and every team doing it from this point forward, I think does make sense. Let, let's think about it the other way. Let's say the Lakers don't hang that banner. And now and, and they say, you know, well, it just isn't important enough. And now you get yeah. to the end season tournament next year. And now you're asking all of the fans and all of the players and everybody to be all invested and buy into it again. How are you justifying that? I love you, Greeny. Get Charles Barkley I, on the I, phone. I, 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 Get Barkley I, 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 I wanna, on the I phone. I want to call Barkley right now. Uh, let's call I love him. you on this. The First off, you're not demeaning or belittling the in-season tournament um, by, by not hanging a banner. You can still have recognition to say, How? we, we won the tournament. We're excited to have won the tournament. It's great. You don't need a banner ceremony similar to when you win a world championship. But You're putting it in the same bucket, essentially, when you do that. I don't know that you are. That's my point. What do you mean? You, you can, you How can, many banners can we have up? I don't know. There are teams that have Eastern Division championship banners. You, they don't. No one is pretending they mean as much as an NBA championship Brady, do you banner. know where any of the Eastern Division banners are in any of the stadiums? No, it's like me saying, well, hey, when we come to Duke, well, we got an ACC championship banner. I'm like, uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's fine. I want a world, I want a national championship banner. Right. That's why I but came you here. Still, you still call yourselves ACC champs. It still matters. It's not like you pretend the ACC tournament didn't happen, right? We know which team won the ACC championship every year. You know and how many won ACC the Big championships East. we have? Yeah, a, a ton of them. Yeah. I understand that. But by the way, when people think about Duke basketball, you're going to say, well, you know, Duke basketball. The first thing we say right. when we talk about a team is, when's the last time they won a Super Bowl? Right. Nobody talks about, well, how's that applied to the NFC? I understand Like the NFC East, right? But you and I are both smart enough to know that that's not the like only that thing right that matters, right? That you can also commemorate other things. Here's the reason why. When the ACC tournament ends and Duke has won and the confetti is falling and the fans are standing and cheering and they're making speeches and, and, and everyone else is getting, everyone's getting excited about it. Do you want to tell them, hey, everybody, stop celebrating, this isn't what really matters. We yes. don't care about ACC championships yes. here. All that matters is the national yes. championship. Yes. So sit down and don't celebrate that we just beat that's Carolina. That's exactly what I'm telling them. No, that's nonsense. That's exactly what I'm telling no, them. That's it's stupidity. Not. Yes, it is ridiculous. Do we care who wins the NFC East? 
I mean, Do you I, care who wins the NFC East? On some level, yes. You're suggesting then that everyone's season is a failure. No, 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 no. Those words never came out of my mouth. Okay. I never said that the whole season is a failure. Go ahead. All I'm saying is in the big scheme of things, Greeny, mm-hmm. we care about championships. All right. Nobody's going to say D'Lo didn't play well as the Knicks won last night against the Lakers. Nobody's saying, well, he just, what a great run he had during the in-season tournament. People are like, do we need to get rid of D'Lo for Zach Levine? Is he going to be the answer for us winning a championship? If they fall short this year, if they lose in the first round, nobody's going to say, well, you know, let's go back to that in-season championship banner that we have because we put everything on the line for that. Nobody will care. Right. Nobody will care. So all I'm saying— I don't disagree with that. So why have a banner? Why not? I mean, very simply— I love this argument Why not? I, it, it, that is genuinely my answer. It is—I do—you you and Charles, I feel like you're just mouthing Charles's words at me now. And, and so, <laughs> uh, 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 Baba, call Charles. I feel like Charles is the only one saying, or in this no, argument, you're I'm the only one I'm believing comparing it. the banners— I'm not. Not all banners are created equal. Do you know what they have in Madison Square Garden? And I'll just use that one because it's a place I've been in many times. Yes. They have a banner commemorating how many concerts Billy Joel has played there. Well, yes, because that's Madison Square Garden. When's the last time they won a world championship in NBA? 1973. Okay. So that's exactly my point. If you're the Lakers and you've won 18 championships, or you're the Celtics, 17, 18 championships, you're not as worried about an in-season tournament banner. For the record, uh, Duke does hang their ACC conference tournament champion banners. They do hang them. So they do hang. Well, we those should take banners. them down, Bubba. So, so I, I want I you mean, to call. I, I don't. I mean, I so, want you to call John Shire. And no, even I want you to call Coach K. No, don't don't do that. <laughs> call Coach K don't. and tell him. I'm only kidding about this, but I but but just watch Jay Will's face as I say, call Coach K and tell Start him Jay Will take down wants them banners. to take down all no. the ACC tournament championship banners. Not all banners are created equal. I get it. It's like some players get their number retired. Other players get statues. No one is suggesting that you're going to put a statue of the in-season tournament up there, but it's worth a number retirement. Do you know why? Because what you're hoping, if you're the NBA, and the Lakers are members of the NBA, is that five years from now, that in-season tournament is going to feel really important. Will it? I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. I didn't understand what the in-season tournament meant before it started. I've acknowledged this on the air multiple times. Like you, I've been hearing about it for years. And then when the when it was starting this year, because I'm no longer doing the NBA shows, I called up our buddy Pete McConville, mm-hmm. who's the, now running the NBA shows, and I said, I need you to explain this to me like I'm a three-year-old child. I need you to explain <laughs> to me what the in-season tournament is, how it's running, what and, – and he did, and now I understood it. And my initial reaction was, I don't think the fans are going to buy in. And you know what? I was wrong. The fans liked it. The ratings were good. People watched. People cared. People, the, the players played hard. They cared. It mattered. It isn't the NBA championship, Agreed. but it isn't nothing. And the Lakers shouldn't treat it like it's nothing. Well, the players play hard because they can make $500,000. It's a lot me. of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money, especially yeah. t- towards guys at the end of the bench mm-hmm. who are on league minimum salaries who get a chance to do I'm, I'm not minimizing mm-hmm. it by saying it's not meaningful. Yes, you I, are. I know. I, the fact that you're putting him in this corner. Nobody puts me in the corner, Greeny. I'm putting you You're corner. putting me in the corner. I don't like it. I'm putting Charles in the corner. I am. I am right now. I'm doing what no one ever could do during his career. I'm boxing out Charles Barkley. He's not getting this board. All right, we'll continue this conversation. 
But Jay, it's your favorite time of the show. Uh-oh. Trivia time. I gotta get one. Hembo's not here today, so the cam questions don't count against your record. But I, I'm gonna make a special proviso because you're a special guest. Okay. If you get it right, we will count it. Ooh. If you get it wrong, we won't count it. Perfect. How about that? I love Cam, that. go. It's like extra credit for you, Jay. This yes, that's correct. There's no losing. I love it, Cam. All right. Jalen Hurts has 40 career rushing touchdowns after last night. That's second most in the NFL since he entered the league in 2020. Who has the most total touchdowns in that time span? The most total touchdowns scored in the time span since Jalen Hurts entered the league. No quarterbacks or anything. Like, throwing touchdowns don't count. Don't they count. have to have scored a scored. touchdown. Just so, the person who actually spikes the year? ball at 2020. the end of the play. From 2020 till now, which player has the most touchdowns in the NFL? No Googling. The answer is next. Wow. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Uh-oh. Okay. Excuse me. I sneezed twice. Thank you uh, very much. Um, uh, Visit Progressive.com was what I was trying (laughs) to say. All right. No hembo today. The Eagles made him sick last night, but... Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Cam providing the question today. Cam, go. Yep, we're looking for the most total touchdowns scored in the NFL since 2020. And this doesn't count for anyone except for Jay, only if he gets it right. Yes. Yeah. Although, I'm mean, what do you think we should count it, Bubba? You're the no, producer no, of the no, show. No, I do not. What? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> now, for everybody. I'm talking about for all of us. Oh, should for, should okay. it count in the standings? The only reason that it doesn't doesn't work is that that cam will then you know be be separated and he is in first place we have never counted one that hembo has not asked so i think we should stick with that okay but we'll, well give jay okay. i mean i wasn't here the other day and they counted it because we, yeah. we, we only we only did it when we were all together right. and then i missed one day and suddenly that counted so See, i think it should count it's sort of like 
hanging a banner for the end season tournament. Oh exactly. It's not the same thing right. as Hembo asking the question, but I, it is I still a trivia just, I question. Think it's just trivia, and whoever's there answers it counts. I agree. I, I think, think this counts, but I think it's only counting if it's it's a win. Hey, I, come on. No, I think it counts. All right, fine. It counts. I like these real. rules for me. Personally. I think they count for everyone. I think this answer counts for everyone. So let it be written. So let it be done. Who has uh, scored the most touchdowns in the NFL going back to the beginning of the 2020 season? I will tell you that Brandon has guessed Christian <clears throat> McCaffrey. That's the first guess we have. Jay, will what's your guess? Just because of how many times they get it in the red zone and he, he punches it in, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, says Jay of the Tennessee Titans. Bubba, what say you? Yeah, my first thought was McCaffrey, but then I remembered he was injured. I didn't even think of Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Okay, so Ooh, yeah. Tyreek Hill is good. That was my first thought. And then I thought of someone else. This might be a little bit off the beaten path, but I feel like all those years that I've been playing daily fantasy – there was one guy who feels like he scores a touchdown literally every week, and people don't pay a lot of attention to him. So I'm, I'm just taking sort of a flyer on Austin Eckler Ooh. of the Chargers. Ooh. I feel like he scores a touchdown in like every it. freaking game. Now, this year he hasn't done practically anything. But Tyreek Hill, just receivers, they don't have the ability exactly. to run it yeah. in. And McCaffrey played much of these years on Carolina where they weren't scoring a lot of touchdowns. He is a touchdown machine. I'm going to kick myself if it isn't McCaffrey, but I'm going to go with Eckler. So those are the guesses. Cam, talk to us. All right. Some great guesses, four different guesses, and one of them is right. The correct answer is Derek Henry. Come on, baby. Yes, it Yes. Oh man. Here's yes. the, here's, the, here's the list. Derrick Henry has 50. Devontae Adams has 48. Tyreek Hill and Austin Eckler both have 47. Ooh, wow. Mike Evans has 44 uh, and Christian McCaffrey has 41. I was wow. so close. Oh, I didn't so everybody in the Derek top Henry. 5. That would have been so nice. All right, Cam, run I down about the Mike scores. Evans. Run down the scores. Coming back, baby. No guess for me there, but I am seventeen and thirty. Bubba's fourteen and thirty-three. You are eleven and thirty-seven. Brandon's five and seventeen. Jay Wells now one and two. And uh, Mark Cuban and Dominique Foxworth are 0-1. Wow. All right. Uh, you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. What are you looking at over there? I'm looking at my friend Mark, at Mark A. Walpole. Said ESPN, uh, Real J. Williams, ESPN Greeny, this isn't even like hanging an ACC championship banner. This would be like hanging a banner for the Maui Invitational inside Cameron Indoor. Never. What is his name? Mark A. Walpole. Let me explain why Mark is A, not so much a genius. <laughs> and here's why. Because if you said to Adam Silver, I think that the in-season tournament is kind of like the Maui Invitational. Adam Silver would say that is the opposite of how we want that to be perceived. We don't want this to seem like it doesn't matter. We want it to seem like it matters. And as much as these teams sometimes act like it doesn't, they actually are all part of one greater good. They all should be doing what is in the best interest of the NBA in general. It is in everyone's best interest for that in-season tournament to grow in stature, popularity, etc. And so it is not the Maui Invitational. They don't want 
want it to be the Maui Invitational. They want it to be the ACC tournament. The Maui Invitational was the biggest college basketball tournament during the holiday season there is. Okay. It's the biggest one there is. So are you telling me? It's the top of the top. So you're telling me the Maui Invitational is bigger than the ACC tournament? No, but the ACC tournament is at the end of the season. Those those are two different things. The end of the season is a different thing, right? This is in the middle of the season. It's a break in action. And I get what people are going to say about, you know, the cup when you think about overseas and things that matter for European teams. And I get what you're saying about, hey, we want to build momentum towards this being bigger. But at the end of the day, no one cares that the Lakers won the in-season tournament. Do they not? Why why were we all watching that game on that Saturday night? Because it was something for us to do. It was a lull in the action. The league has taken advantage of a dead period within sports to a degree. You got college football kind of closing out as we go into all these, you know, college football playoffs. We got a little bit of NFL football. Baseball's died out. It's a way for them to capture the market share. I recognize that. Brilliant marketing by the league. But you're not going to make me feel like the in-season tournament is something that every single year is like, we're going to the season. We have to win this thing. We have to win it. Yeah, you'll get competitive, but you're not going to start beginning of the season saying we have to win that. But they're going to try. They're going to try and make it matter. They're going to try and make you care. And the first way to do that is by not letting the Lakers act like it didn't mean anything. So let me twist this a little I'm going to tell you a quick story. Can I twist it for one second? Go ahead and twist it. Yeah. If you're the Pacers and you win it, fine. Hang the banner. If you're the Detroit Pistons and you win it, fine. You're the Pelicans, fine. If you're one of the all-time winningest teams in NBA history, don't hang the banner. See, I, I, I think that is looking at it exactly backwards. It is all the more meaningful that the Lakers actually make a big deal of it, that LeBron James actually makes a big deal of it, that, that, um, that, it, is, that it is not just the Pelicans or the Pacers or one of the other franchises that have never won an NBA championship that will celebrate this win, but that even the Blue Bloods will celebrate this win. I, I think it would be um, a, a breach of their fiduciary responsibility to everybody else for the Lakers just to say, okay, been there, done that. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take a little pause. Can you stay for the top of the yes. hour? Okay. I'm going to take a little pause here. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll come back at the top of the hour, and I'm going to tell you a story that I've never told anyone that will be the perfect way for me to indicate exactly why the NBA got this one right, and you and Charles Barkley are 100% wrong. We also have a ton of football that we will get into today, uh, including MVP conversation, uh, coaching hot seat. I've got my green list coming up today, which has everybody upset at me. It includes the top five challengers to the 49ers, the top five teams that I could see beating the 49ers. And everyone is all upset with me, all up in arms, because of not one but two teams that I did not mention, that I did not put on my green list which I already did on television today and will do for you coming up here. So we'll pause briefly on that thought. We'll come back with a whole lot more. Jay Will sticking around. Hashtag crew is here. Hembo is homesick. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.